0: Hawks, Hawks live. live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Brought to you by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. You're listening to Hawks
1: Live from Lumenfield every Thursday at 7 o'clock on 710 ESPN It's me, Michael Bumpus. It's my guy, Paul Moyer. Paul, it's it's been a weird week, man. You know, the Hawks played a game that we thought they were going to win. We're thinking they're going to get into this four-game stretch. Boom, get it done. And they stumble. They stumble against a team that we didn't expect them to stumble against. But when you look at that defense, you look at the things that they did, then you look at our offense and the things that they did, it makes sense. But when you think... Say New York Giants, the 4-7 and seven New York Giants. You just think the Hawks are going to take care of business and get things done. Tip your cap to the Giants. They did some good things. But I also feel like the offense didn't have their best day. I felt like the defense had a pretty good day. I felt like special teams had a good day. It's been a couple of weeks now. This offense doesn't look like the offense that we're used to seeing your first impressions.
2: It's bottom line business, so no one had a good day, right? It's a team game, um, we haven't changed. You know, we're I'm just gonna talk some people off the ledge on this. Giants had won three games in a row. They were in first place in NFC East. Everybody just looked at the record four and seven and said, Okay, they're starting quarterbacks out they they have no shot of beating the Seahawks. We yeah. we knew better. We knew there that it was going to be a very hard game for us to score points. That just the way they play defense, they're not giving up big plays. They're going to force you to be patient. Yep. They talked about it. Shadi talked about it. You know, R- Russell talked about it. Sometimes you go in with intentions, and um, to a game it, it doesn't play out that way. The Giants are actually a good. Really well coached football team. They're sound. Also now they're not turning the ball over. That's four games in a row. I think they have one turnover or two. You know, Pete talks about it all the time. It was disappointing because it was a game we didn't have to play great to win. Mm -hmm. We just needed to play. Smart football. Take what they give us. We're up five nothing. Um, You know, defensively, I thought we played. We played well. Now four and a half games. We're. I think we're now the defense. We think we were uh, coming into the season. But at the same time, look, third quarter, this is why I said no one had a good game. You're up five to nothing. This is a game you have to absolutely outplay their defense. You have to. And that means maybe either uh, create some scoring opportunities, turnovers, whatever. You may have to throw a shutout. It happens sometime. And we had a lull, two drives in a row, the the big 60-yard run, which was really poorly played. That's just fact of life. Uh, And then again, we gave up another 23-yard run that wasn't played very well. And and the rest is history. It's just too hard in in the NFL to try and come from behind double digits.
1: Yeah, and then I look at Russell Wilson. He threw the ball 43 times. Too many. If you, uh, too many times, I'm with you. But if you do throw the ball 43 times, I expect more than 263 yards in one touchdown. I think that if you are going to go that route and there needs to be more productivity. Now, they were down, so you're going to say, okay, he was forced or Shadi forced him to throw the football. And then I look at the offensive scheme. Now, Shadi came out today and said they wish they would have made adjustments earlier. I agree 100% with him and I respect him for coming out and saying that. I'm looking at these concepts, Moyer. And I'm like, everything is 10, 15 yards down the field. They're playing too high, a man. And these DBs play. I was on Twitter, and some guy's like, Bob, it's not about the DBs. It's all about what the Hawks are doing. Yes, the Hawks contributed to it, but you can't knock what these DBs were doing. They were on these receivers' hips, and they were doing what you've been asking our defense to do all year, which is reroute. Those linebackers did a great job of rerouting guys and taking Russell's eyes off of them now. I felt Russell was focusing on DK to make the big play, and you can't blame him for doing that because they've had a lot of success with Russell locking in on DK and them making the big play. But at some point, it's like, all right, let's let's go off of DK. Now the DK is 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 taking a corner and a safety with him. That means there's space elsewhere. So I'm hoping, and I think they are going to look at that film and say, okay, we need to be able to see what's going on and make adjustments quicker. Doesn't mean you change your game plan, but there's something within your game plan to counter what they're doing.
2: Okay, let's take what he said and let's dissect that a little bit. Let's, do let's it. read between the lines. So he said, I wish we had adjusted quicker. <laughs> Man, we all saw what they were doing, right? I mean, they were playing a deep-shell defense. Uh, they weren't going to give up the big play. They'd only given up 24 or 5, you know, 20-yard plays or more all year. They were one of the best in the league. They'd only given up 5 plays of 40 yards or more all year. They were, I think they were top 3 in that. So we, we knew that was going to be difficult. Yeah. So is that shoddy saying, I should have adjusted our – our routes and what we called, or was that him saying we Russell should have been in his ear more, saying hey, let's let's get the ball out quick, let's let's dump the ball off because I I'd read something and I hate doing this when I don't have all the facts that the average time held uh, last it was like over three seconds yeah that's a long time so he's hanging on to the football so what did you read from what Shadi said there because you know. Every good coach, and Rashad is a good coach, Yeah, we know what's going on. It, we're, you're in the ear you know, of, hey, we we got we to gotta make some adjustments here. So what did you hear?
1: I think it's both. I think he's like, look, maybe I should have called different plays, but I also saw some downfield concepts to where the back was leaking out and he was open, or they did have like a, a, a hitch or an out on one side of the field, and I felt Russell just fell in love with the big play, that's where he made his money. He throws the best deep ball in the game, so why not fall in love with it? So I think Shadi's like, look, maybe I should have called more short game contests, but within these contests, I'm calling what I'd say half of the time. There's there's an outlet for Russell, and Russell wasn't looking for the outlet. And may, is that Russell feeling like he needs to make these big plays for this team again, or is it, or is it he feels like? because of the play that's being called I have to go this direction because cuz there are plays as an offense you hear a play called and when I was at Wazoo, it was uh it was a uh, doubles 4x doubles 4x I knew look I'm running this seam to get my guy in the outside open I'm going to Threaten this linebacker, hold this safety. We're going to go here. Nine times out of ten, we went there and it was successful. But there was, you come across some teams who game plan for that. And now that dig's not going to be open. You have to go to the check down. So it's, there's a lot of stuff going on with this offense. I don't think the line had their greatest game. You had your fourth string right tackle in the game. Uh, your You had Yupati, who was there for a minute, and he was injured and he was out. There's a lot of moving pieces. There's Chris Carson, who I felt should have touched the football a bit more. It's not like they lost by a lot more. 12, Twelve to seventeen, not like they were down a lot. So um you gotta re recalibrate. You gotta get back. Okay. What 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 do we want to do? And if this game plan doesn't work, how do we adjust off of that? But now my question to you is tell me about this defense, man. Is this is this defense right now are they performing like a top fifteen defense?
2: So before I get to that, i because again I want to talk everybody off the ledge. Remember, we still have great wide receivers. We still have a really good offensive line. Yep. We got a couple running backs. Now, Chris Carson's getting healthier. That, and again, I think Chris Carson's top three, four running backs in the league. We got a really good coaching staff. This is a game of adjustments. You know, we, the, the Giants gave us something that was new. And so it's not the players, it's not the coach, it's not the scheme. It is about adjusting. And I think Shottie is was right in that, hey, they were doing stuff to us, and they were doing some stuff where they were sliding the backside corner. Mm-hmm. They were rotating and saying, we're going to take away three-quarters of the field or two-thirds of the field, and we're going to dare Russell to go find it backside. And there were times where I saw Ty Lockett running down the sideline. There was nobody guarding him. Not yeah. that they, it was going to be a home run, uh, and maybe it wasn't always him, but – that's where okay. Wherever his progression is, that's where he needs help from Shotty. He say hey, okay. Here's what they're doing. I it, what I would if they came to me and say Paul. Okay, wh- what would you do? Mm-hmm. I would say make the defense move. Start doing some things where you stop. Start where instead of running through zone, stop and re- re- redirect. You've got to get them to change direction. And the other thing is a pump fake. Is so big. Yeah. I mean, you pump, because look, I'm on my toes. I'm ready to go. I'm feeling the rush as a secondary and linebacker. I'm feeling it. Do I break on this route? Do I break? Okay, I'm seeing Russell. Now, just a quick pump fake, just a look, and then come all the way backside. It always pulls a safety over. You will find mismatch. You'll find separation there. So that's my, my part on, let, on let the me alpha. Let me go over
1: that real quick. To, to add to that, I think that Russell needs to get to what can come open first. What, what can come up? Because you can always get to that, that post-comeback or that post-curl. What can come open right now versus, mm-hmm. man, if my guy's running out right there, boom, let me take a peek. Now what does that do? That moves the safeties as well. Mm-hmm. Then that helps that deep route come open. So, yeah, I'm with you.
2: And and play. you remember that one route. To, it was a deep comeback by D.K. Metcalf. Now it was a long route. And it was on, it was on the offense's left side, defense's right. And, you know, to their credit, they they played, play, played him tough too. But there was that double move. Moves and not just double move, slant and go. It was I'm am I'm coming back for the for the deep comeback. So defensively, real quick, um, I, I just feel like we're having fun yeah. for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, this year. And I would even say we've had fun the last three or four weeks. I think people finally know their their roles. We're playing aggressive, uh, physical defense, playing much tighter in coverage. So. Uh, you know, contesting those short to intermediate routes. I'm, I, I always say you got that's fine line because they're working behind you too, right? Yep. So you got to feel the rush. Do I do I crowd that? Do I get some depth? Uh, Jamal Adams has become that special player. We knew he was coming here. He's he's getting healthy. That shoulder's almost a hundred percent now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I think, and we'll talk about this later. Actually, I'm going to save that because I I think it's the next four games. Who do you – we'll save this for talk to talk – but who do you think – Will outplay the the others? Will, will the defense be the leader of the pack the next four game? Will it be the offense, okay. and it is for us to even have this conversation right now to even to bring this as a subject it's crazy. What we saw <laughs> the first half of the year, yep. we were on pace for the worst defense in history. By the way, we're thirty first, thirty first. We're no longer dead last, and no, that is us climbing out of a hole.
1: No longer dead last. Texas at seventeen and seventeen. Tell us what you think, but we're talking you off the edge. Hawks will be fine. Me and Paul Moyer believe that. Well, coming up next, we'll dive into the Seahawks Week fourteen opponent with Dan Leberfeld from the Jets
0: Confidential right here on Hawks Live Hawks Hawks Live Live. brought to you by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company every Thursday from 7 to 9 live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle
1: every Thursday right here on 710 ESPN it's me Michael Bumas with Paul Moyer this is Hawks live from Lumen Field and right now we get to talk to Dan Leberfeld how you doing sir Good, Michael. How you doing? You know, we're hanging in there again. I feel like we say this all the time because we play a lot of East Coast games this year. But we appreciate you staying up and making time
3: for us, man.
2: Yeah,
3: anytime,
2: no, Michael and Paul. Yeah, no, no question. Thank you, man. <laughs> I, I hate doing this to you because you, you guys are haven't won a game, and it'll feel like some of these questions may be negative. They're not. Um, but let's just start out. Any surprise, you know, Greg Williams? I mean, perception, reality is perception so critical in this game. You know, I said as soon as that play happened, I go, you know, either Case or Williams is being fired the next day, and, and sure enough happens. But were you surprised at it?
3: No, I wasn't surprised. Uh, some people might say, well – Why is Gase still employed and Williams isn't? Well, it's very simple because the owner, Christopher Johnson, is not one to fire coaches in season and name interim coaches. The Johnson brothers, Christopher and Woody, have owned the team for 20 years, and they never fired a coach in season and went with an interim. But Greg Williams works for Adam Gase, and Adam Gase doesn't have any issue firing people. He fired a trainer um, he, uh, also fired a scout. So the point is it all depends on how you look at it. Adam Gase fired an assistant. The owner who doesn't fire coaches in season really had nothing to do with it.
1: All right, Dan, we got Frank Bush. Who's taking over for Greg Williams. Now I don't expect him to reinvent the wheel and have a whole different defense out there, but can you give us some type of insight of who Frank Bush is as a coach and his scheme?
3: Yeah, Frank Bush um, has been an assistant coach in the NFL for a long time. He was a a promising linebacker coming out of, I believe, NC State. And then a year in, he had a neck condition that forced him to retire. So he jumped into coaching in his 20s. Uh, He's been around quite some time, usually as a linebacker coach. Uh, He had one brief stint as the Houston Texans Defensive coordinator. So he did call plays for a couple of years early on with the Houston Texans. He is the guy that's been around Greg Williams a long time. So he's going to stick with the same playbook. He might call it a little differently. Obviously, he wouldn't call that all out blitz late in the game that got Greg Williams fired. But so a similar style and he'll put his own personality on it. But the playbook will stay the same.
2: You know, it's interesting. You 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 watch the film. I'm watching the game uh, last night and today against the, I almost said Oakland, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. And you know, I'm watching them. The Jets. I go. You know, they're they're not bad. You know, they ran the ball well. You know, Sam Darnold. You can see that he still has uh definitely some skill to that uh, you know sometimes you, you you look at just the execution of things where you go oh man they ran into each other you know sometimes you know, I go they ran a trap and I go oh god you didn't run it wide enough you know a little bit better execution of that but so is is it purely a talent issue or do you do you think this has a lot to do with coaching well
3: i think that um it's a combination I think the offensive line is, is decent. You saw that in the Raiders game where they really ran the ball effectively against that Raiders defense. And I think when you look at the the big issues that have contributed to their current record, I would say pass defense and the quarterback play Uh, Sam Darnold has not had a great year. I know some people would argue he doesn't have the best supporting cast, but recently he, he did get back some of the key players in terms of guys they were really uh, focused on in the passing game, when you look at Denzel Mims and you look at Rashad Perryman. So those guys came back. But Sam Darnold just turns the ball over too much, and, and it's hard to win and sustain drives that way. On the season, five touchdowns, nine interceptions. So that's not a good stat. And then you look at the secondary. The secondary is a big problem. They don't have the corners they need. Uh, they're starting a bunch of guys that – Probably wouldn't start for any other team, including that poor kid Lamar Jackson, who got victimized on the, the touchdown pass by Henry Ruggs that lost the Jets the game. it. Lamar Jackson's an undrafted free agent out of Nebraska who some weren't even convinced it was an NFL corner. Some thought he'd move to safety. doesn't have the best speed. So they're playing a lot of corners right now that other teams wouldn't play. So I expect Seattle to make a lot of hay in the passing game. Most teams do against his Jets secondary.
2: You mentioned Sam Darnold, and I know you probably haven't asked us a bunch, but they're more than likely going to get the number one pick. And you you got Lawrence available there. Do they trade Darnold next year? And if they do, I mean, is he a first, second-round pick to trade?
3: Uh, I don't know what they would get in return considering the way he's playing this year. I think that Sam Darnold needs to go to a team like the one that's on TV right now, the Los Angeles Rams. He needs to play for a play caller who is really, really good at the chess game and can dial up a lot of good first reads because one of the problems with Sam Darnold and Jared Goff is the same problem, but McVay is so brilliant with his play calling that he can mask some of Goff's shortcomings. That's the kind of coach that Sam Darnold needs to play for because he's not great at going through his progressions. He's not great uh, as far as uh reading defenses. So, he'd have to go to a team that's, that's pretty good at dialing up first reads. So Sam Darnold, if the Jets get the first pick, I would say there's a 95% chance they're going to pick Trevor Lawrence and they're going to trade Sam Darnold. I think they probably will end up getting a middle-round pick for Sam Darnold.
1: Dan, i got to ask you about the OG Frank Gore. One, it, mm. he suffered a concussion last week. Should we expect to see him this weekend? Two, are you getting what you thought you would get out of him this year?
3: Well, that's kind of a bone of contention with Jet fans because they have all these young backs and Frank Gore is still the starter, 37 on an 0-12 team. So a lot of people scratching their head over that. He's got that strong relationship with Adam Gase going back to Miami. Uh, And then you look at the situation where last week the fans were clamoring for younger backs to get a chance. And I'm not sure how much of a chance they would have received if it wasn't for the unfortunate Frank Gore concussion and then you had a couple of young backs go in and play really, really well and and both run all over the Raiders. And a lot of people are like, you know what, the only reason that happened was because Frank Gore, unfortunately, suffered concussion. And Adam Gates is a little stubborn when it comes to using Frank Gore uh, because of their relationship. And you know, maybe a little bit is is legacy related as far as every time Frank Gore carries the football, he moves up some kind of list as far as all-time running backs. So it'll be interesting to see what they do this week. Now that those uh, two young running backs, Josh Adams at a Notre Dame who used to be with the Eagles and Ty Johnson, who was with the lions that claimed on waivers early this year. And he went for a hundred yards against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. So the only reason those guys played a lot was because of the Gore injury. Now, well, we'll uh, The head coach, Adam Gase, changes his approach and say, you know what, I can't give Frank Gore the majority of the carries. The whole Jet fan base is seen. We have other talent here. Why are we doing this with a 37-year-old back at
2: 0-12? We're visiting with Dan Leberfield with the Jets Confidential. We, we have... Uh... We have uh, Jamal Adams, and look, Jamal's been model citizen here and great teammate. Busting his tail, finally healthy, seven and a half sacks, missed four games. You know, he's really starting to be a a productive player. What what, what are we missing? I mean, what what happened there that maybe things that you know aren't necessarily said that you know in the national media? Because he he is one heck of a playmaker.
3: I think it was about the contract. I know that he's still playing on his rookie deal with Seattle. But with the Jets, he didn't want to continue with them unless he got a new contract. He felt and his agent felt that the GM had promised them a new deal. The GM said that never happened. There was obviously some miscommunication. So while he is playing on his rookie deal with Seattle, I don't think he ever would have played on his rookie deal with the Jets. So he basically ran a sports Earth campaign, if you want to call it that, on social media, with the New York daily news and ripped uh, the GM, the coach, uh, and just made it clear. He wanted out of here. And it worked. He got traded to Seattle. I think it's a win-win situation. It really is. Uh, the jets were, I, even if, even if he was on the team this year, Jamal Adams, I'm not sure how many more wins they would have had because they have so many other problems and their past defense is so bad. And Jamal Adams is, Really best in the box, as you're seeing in Seattle. Really good blitzer, really good run support. So I don't know what you, how much it would have helped the Jets struggling pass defense. So I think it's a win-win. The Jets got two first-round picks, but they desperately need a third-round pick. And Seattle got the, the game-changing safety they so desperately wanted who has really played well for them. So I think it was good for both teams.
4: Well,
1: Dan, we appreciate you taking time. You give George Fan a big hug for us. We miss him out here. And uh, we appreciate you staying up and making some time for us, man.
3: Uh, Anytime, Michael and Paul. Give me a call anytime you need anything. All
1: right, I'm going to hold you to it. I'll text you tomorrow. (laughs) Okay. Not financial,
3: but anything
5: else. That sounds good.
1: (laughs) All right. Have a good one. You too. Coming up next, we get to talk to a defensive back for the second week in a row, Paul Moyer. We get to talk to Ryan Neal right here on Hawks Live.
0: Hawks Live, brought to you by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle.
1: Hey, we're back every Thursday right here at 7 o'clock on ESPN 710. It's me and Paul Moyer. Paul, how you doing? You good?
2: I'm good. Look, you know me. Bring some safeties on. I'm a happy man. Bring some
1: safeties. Speaking of safeties, we got the guy Ryan Neal. Ryan, how you doing, sir? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Hey, that's what's up. First off, I want to show you love because you're an undrafted free agent. I was an undrafted free agent. Maury was an undrafted right free agent. We out here eating, baby. I love seeing you ball out, man. Right
4: on, right on. <laughs> I heard that.
2: <laughs> well, first of all, you've been uh, – so we have – I don't know if you know Jordan Babineau, but we call him Big Play Babs. And Babs was an oh, undrafted yeah. free agent as well uh, and played uh, eight, oh, yeah. n- eight, nine years. And, you know, he was. he got that calling because – all he did was make plays, and you know, here are you, Ryan. I mean, that, you got a big brother, Mike Neal, right? I mean, mm-hmm. linebacker. Just real quick, do you already talk some noise to I him? Mean, you have more interceptions than he had in his career. Did you let him know that uh-uh. yet?
4: I didn't even know that, but I still remember the one that he did grab like it was yesterday <laughs> yeah
2: no you you have oh, more yeah. more than him i again he was a great player went to purdue you an indiana kid i'm I'm assuming you grew yeah. up indiana purdue as as a fan yeah. as well
4: yeah i was I was definitely a purdue fan I was actually hoping to get some love from there, but it didn't turn out that way, so <laughs> well, had to keep it pushing, but yeah, I definitely was a purdue fan coming up.
1: All right, Ryan man, you are from Indiana. You went to Illinois, uh, picked up by the Eagles. Went down south to Atlanta. Now you're in the Northwest, man. How how do you like the Northwest? You feeling it,
4: man? The Northwest is a different vibe. I actually like it, man. It's, it's just kind of chill out here. Everything's kind of chill, and it's, of course it's beautiful. But the vibe is definitely cool. I've never been out west like this before, especially you know in this region. And it's definitely it's definitely been cool. It's kind of my style, man. Just slow down.
2: Yeah, this time of year, I, I used to, uh, um, one of the companies I worked for about twenty some years ago was in uh, Carmel, Indiana. Um, so used to go mm-hmm. out there a little bit. And the weather is similar; it gets a little colder in Indianapolis when you get you know towards G- January, February. But similar, some over oh, yeah. overcast. But what what is it like coming into a new city? This is so different with COVID. What What are you able mm-hmm. to do? Are you guys allowed to do anything?
4: No, we not man. We got we we dedicated to just one mission and one goal, and that's just you know trying to win, trying to go all the way. Cause you know this year is is more than just about winning games. You got to beat COVID too. So now you got more than you know thirty two opponents. You got another one. You know what I'm saying? So (laughs) we just been fighting COVID this whole year, and you know everybody has been taking it upon themselves. You know, make sure they you know stay indoors and just refrain from going to just places in general. You know what I'm saying? Because we we trying to we trying to win these games, trying to make sure we make a long haul and. You know, as you see some of these teams that get hit, you know, they get hit with these outbreaks. They can't they can't win these games. They don't have their guys. So, it's like we, we see the bigger picture of it all. So, it's kind of been different, man. You can't really get a feel for a lot because, I mean, stuck indoors. And it's like you definitely do miss, you know, being able to go out and explore and go out to see what, 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 what the city has to offer and everything. You know, it kind of sucks. But, you know, we you deal with it and you got to move on because, you know, we're trying to win these games.
1: And you guys have done a great job, man, of protecting the team and, and, mm-hmm. and doing what you guys are supposed to do. Now let's let's talk some yeah, ball, sir. man. Uh, September twenty seventh, I think that what oh, that Saturday you get the call that you were going to start against the Dallas Cowboys, and then you come out and you get a pick, and then you back it up the following week with a pick against Miami. How rewarding and validating was that? Like, look, I'm here. I can play in this league. Let's go,
4: man. It was like it was like taking a, like a deep breath, like just letting out all the like the, just tension and all that just letting it all go is why I could the best way I could put it is just you know after at the you know going through what I've been going through for the past 3 years man it's just it's a big sigh of relief for sure man It just felt like felt like I was alive again you know what I mean and it just it felt so refreshing it felt just so good cuz you know you've been trying to prove the point not only to yourself but the others that you can make plays in this league you know what I mean you're not just a guy that's on the practice squad and just going through the motions like you, you know you can play you know you can make plays and it just feels good to be able to have that stamped on there. You know what I'm saying? It, it, like, man, I'm Right now, I'm getting all riled up again because I'm just starting to feel all the emotions again. But just making them plays, like you know what I'm saying? Just that's what you do it yeah. for. That's what that's what the excitement comes from. That's where the love of the game comes from. And I had that, you know, had that come around again. You know, it's been a while. You know what I mean? It's been a long time. And I had that to come back around. Man, it felt good. You know what I mean? So now I'm just itching for more. You know what I'm saying? I want to do more. I want to keep doing more. And I just want to keep making more of those plays.
2: I Red where – did you really almost give this game up?
4: No. Oh, no, we almost gave this game up. Well, yeah. Well, I'd, I'd heard Dude, that you were – I'm telling you. Yeah? Yeah, yeah I definitely did. Because, you know, it, it just goes – I felt like at one point I was like, you know what, I give and give and give, and I feel like this game takes and takes and takes. You know what I mean? I just, At one point I threw my hands up. like, man, what, what more do I got to give? You know, what more do I got to go through what more do I got to sacrifice like, you know just to be able to get out there you know what I mean and it was definitely a point where I was like I don't know about this but you know I got people in my corner and you know just being you know faithful like I am just like you know what nah I can you just got to come back and try it again because if you quit you never know you know what I'm saying so I'd rather go out and just keep on trying than to quit and I never know if I could have did it you know what I'm saying so that's just kind of what got me back into it.
2: Well, that was that was a good decision because you can play. Uh, there, there's no question you yeah. can play, and, and and you make them plays. But I'm just bring you back there a little bit. You said you had some people in your corner. Who who are those? Is is your brother Mike one of them? Or I mean, who oh, who got you? Absolutely. Hey, don't lose confidence. Yeah. in
4: this thing. Oh yeah, Mike. Mike is definitely like number one. You know what I'm saying? You know, got, I mean, he he has been instrumental. You know, in my whole career, even starting from college, he getting get my mind right. You know what I'm saying? To be able to compete at this level. I mean, he's by far number one in terms of giving me all the advice, knowing, you know, the ups and downs of the game, but knowing the game and, you know, knowing the player's mind, you know what I'm saying? And to have him go through what he, you know, go through his career first and him see the lay of the land. And he just, he taught me a lot. And then after that will be, of course, my fiance and my family. Done the next two, uh, you know, groups of people that definitely have been in my corner the entire time. My fiance, and him be complaining, you know, crying, all that other stuff. And then, you know, my family are just always showing me the love and just giving me the support that I need and always, you know, being in my corner. So, them three for sure, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the first two people, you know, first two group of people I think about. When it comes to people who have uh, supported me. So, heck yeah, them, for sure, those people.
2: So, Mike's about what, seven, eight years older than you? Was he a tough big brother? I mean, talk about that relationship growing uh-huh. up. Again, I just want to get that our listeners Brody. know. I mean, he was a second round pick, you know, went to Purdue, uh-huh. linebacker. And so, what? what was that relationship like growing up?
4: Well, so growing up, so, you know, you did mention we are seven, eight years apart. So growing up, he was more of, you know, my parents when he had to work, he was babysitter. So he was brother-dad to me when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? When I was a kid, it was me and my other two brothers, and then it was him and my big sister. They were like brother-dad and brother mom. So, But the older I got and the more that we were able to, you know, talk and understand on the same kind of mature level, the more the relationship has grown, and it really took off. I think um when he got to the league, because I just always had an interest. Like it just, I always was observing and just watching what he was doing. I always asked the right questions, and he could kind of see that I was, you know, kind of thinking and like you know, foreshadowing or just forethinking what I was what I wanted to do. And so after that, you know, me going to college, you know, the, all those years in college, it was working, and it became more from brother, dad, to now brother, brothers, to now we relate. You know, we talk about everything that he went through in his years in college and his years in the league and all of that. And it even up until the past three years in the offseason, I trained down to Florida. He lives in Florida. He's I, I live with him in the offseason. That's why I train at. And so those three years definitely were three years of just catching up on relationship and figuring out, you know, what he went through in his story and him sharing his experiences with me and vice versa. And so that relationship grew to be a whole lot stronger, you know, than I than than I ever anticipated. And, it's it's a beautiful thing, man, you know what I'm saying, just to be able to to, to relate to him on that brother to brother level instead of all oh, this dude just babysitting me. You know what I'm saying? Or just he get to whoop my butt, my parents are here. I ain't good on that one, you know what I'm saying? So love it. heck yeah, but yeah, our relationship is super cool.
1: Hey, Ryan, before I ask you this next question, I want to go back, man. You're doing a great job. You showed your fiancé some love. I've been married 10 years. moore has been married like 30 years or something 32. like that. Hey, you're, you're, you're doing it right, brother. <laughs> you keep it. that going. All right, my next appreciate question it. for you is, Thank man. you. I appreciate that. You seem to be around the football, right? Against Miami, you had a tip. Mm-hmm. Um, against uh, the New York Giants, the Diggs interception was because you were at the, around the football and you tipped it. Is the game mm-hmm. slowing down for you, and what's your preparation like?
4: man i definitely think it's slowing down for me i've been i couldn't wait for the game to slow down i'm telling you first get in you are just looking at it like oh my god what's going on but <laughs> now you know it's just man just just being able to understand the game more the, the game of football what's trying to be accomplished you know what i'm saying like is it more about freak athletes or is it more about scheme or what, what's what's going on and so really um who who kind of helped me out with that was one was Cam when he had reached out to me after the Dallas game and then uh, KJ Wright. And I, cause I just always, I, ha- I always have an issue, just know the game. Like I, like that's the best way to play it. When you know what's going on, you, you really, you, you see everything. And so just being around those guys and understanding what they look for in film preparation and how they put themselves in those positions, that, that really took my game to the next level. And I definitely want to give a shout out to KJ because, it was a string of weeks where I would come up there early and we were just, you know, watching game film and he's just telling me how he sees the game and talking back and forth to camps. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is really starting to make a lot of sense now. You know, so they really helped me up my game to, to a whole new level. And, uh, you know, when it comes to my preparation, I just I make sure I just keep going over, like, you know, just things that I see, like just trying to pick out little, little bits and pieces of information that I can definitely take with me to give me hints. You know what I'm saying? I definitely am a, I'm a person that rolls off the – if you see a little, you see a lot. You know what I'm saying. So I always try to focus on what's the little things that stick out to me on film that can give me the, the the whole picture. You know what I'm saying. So that's kind of how I you know take a lot, preparation to the next level, and try to get myself closer to it and make, like I said, make it more plays.
2: Ryan, you're becoming a bit of a fan favorite here with the 12s, and there's some history with the 12s. Uh, and it's a shame that you haven't had the ex- got to experience all of them here because they they would be chanting your name. But the history is they love special team guys, uh, that turn into to starters eventually. But, but the reason why I'm bringing this up is there are, I, I always tell you, it, when someone blocks a punt, one, they're fearless because you're out in the, you're all by yourself. If you don't get it, you look bad, right? Mm-hmm. And you rough the guy, right? And two, it means you're a playmaker. So um, my question to you is: Have you blocked a punt before in a game? Is that something you were comfortable with? And and it was that play designed for you last week?
4: Okay, <laughs> I have never blocked a punt before. That was my first block punt ever, and uh, and you can yeah, I mean yeah, you can kind of say it was stand up. I mean, it was kind of a if if. if you know, they gotta pick and choose. So it could have been somebody else, but man, I tell you that was my first block. when I the funny thing was you said you missed, you look bad. <laughs> when I was running toward the ball, I'm staring at the boss, you know what, I don't care if this ball hits me in the face. <laughs> I was gonna run straight at the ball if I, I do not want to be like, that was the only thing I I'm not gonna miss this ball though. So, <laughs> As I'm running toward I'm I am like, i am really gonna put my face on it and stick my hands out when I get close. And that's all I thought about when I started getting towards it. Because, like you said, I did not, uh-uh, I didn't want to miss that at all. Man. I, I, I can't miss this. It's a once in a lifetime right here. <laughs> now, you're
2: going you're gonna to get another opportunity. I'm, I'm going to give you a tip when you get another shot at it. Don't block the ball, right. block his foot. Put your right. hand right, right. on right. his right. foot. That is the key to blocking right. punts. And you'll never miss. You'll never, you'll never get a roughing the punter call. And that was such a huge play. And, again, when you go in there Thank fearless you. and make a play, man, you, you are a playmaker, man. Excited that you're here with us.
4: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate this man, for real. I've been working a long time, for sure. Hey, Ryan, you keep doing
1: what you're doing. Undrafted free agent stand-up, 35. We'll be watching you, man. Have a good
4: night. Man, thank y'all so much. We appreciate y'all. Undrafted all the way. Let's do it. Let's get it. Let's
2: get it. That's right.
1: Maury, that was probably one of my favorite. It's, it's him, Ugo, Damian Lewis. I think that, that's top three right there. And Ryan Neal. Well, man, two of the three
2: were safety, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there we go. All right, coming up next, we got you covered all things Seahawks and NFL. As the professor, John Clayton joins us next on Hawks Live.
0: Hawks Live, brought to you by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Hey, we're playing
1: the funk. It's me, Michael Bumpers, with Paul Moyer, every Thursday at Lumenfield, right here on 710 ESPN. We're getting funky, so that means John Clayton is here. John, how you doing,
5: baby? Uh, I got some funk. I'm doing great.
1: Doing great. Great. John, I, I'm just going to get right to it, John. Yeah. I am kinda nervous for this game. I look at the film come on. I look oh, come at the film on. and Michael. I say, Look, the Jets the Jets aren't that good. The Hawks should really take care of them. But this is the NFL, John. They're on twelve, man. they they're they're due for a great game, right?
5: They had it last week, and they lost. Greg right. Williams lost his job because the team with zero wins, called a zero uh, blitz, uh, cover a zero's blitz with uh, virtually little bit of time, less than a minute left in the game, and lost the game because of it. And so if let's put it this way. Michael, if you're worried about the Jets, just give up on the season. Oh, because, again, it's like if, if, you, you know, if you can't beat a winless team, How are you going to beat a playoff team? How are you going to beat a Rams team that right now is blowing out the New England Patriots and looking good on offense and defense? Maybe not as good on offense, but looking great on defense. If you have to worry about a Jets game, then you better worry, period.
1: John, you know what you just did? You, you just patted me on the back and soothed me and told me everything's going to be okay. Yeah, so will. because yeah. you said it, I'm going to relax now. John, on the palm oil. Well,
2: I was going to say, Mike, relax. It's not purple and gold we're going up against, right?
1: I'm 3-1 against purple. I
2: know. Oh, I know you are. And
1: I took a punt back to the house on Ooh, whatever color Arizona State quick, is.
2: wait He's yeah, got that's, a that's not even a baby flex. That was that's a, a that one. was a big flex, <laughs> John. I, are we healthy? Uh, you know, last week, you know, obviously, right tackle became an issue. Mm-hmm. As is, you know, you started getting down to the you know third, fourth. I thought we were fine until uh, Jamarco Jones uh, left there. But um, how healthy are we going into this? Game?
5: I think pretty good because if Brandon Shell's going to be able to play, which it looks like he is, and if Chris Carson's close to not a hundred percent, but close to being you know the back that can get over sixteen carries a game. Game, then they should be fine. You know they're one week away from uh, Dunbar coming back, and that's good. And of course they've got Carlos Dunlap. Looks like you know he's going to be able to play more than twenty plays. So from that standpoint, health wise, I think they look good. You know, you know, it's still you know you got a few guys that are banged up, but for the most part, I mean I'm sure Jamarco Jones with the groin injury probably is not going to be able to play. But I think overall, as long as Brandon Shell plays, and that's the thing that's so intriguing about this game because you look at the Jets team and how bad they are, both as far as performance and their talent level. And you look at uh, Seattle right now has picked up three players from the Jets that have helped them a lot. I mean, Jason Myers is a has been to the Pro Bowl as a kicker. Mm-hmm. Then you've got uh, Jamal Adams, who's probably the best safety in the league and is on the verge of setting the safety record for sacks. I mean, seven and a half sacks right now. He needs a half sack to tie Adrian Wilson. And most people in New York think that he can get maybe two or three sacks in this game. And then you know you add the fact that Brandon Shell was probably the best Seahawk acquisition as far as uh, signing, as far as uh, you know, on the offensive line. And so you add those three guys and you look at the Jets. I mean, the only Pro Bowl player they have on the 53 man roster is 37 year old running back Frank Gore.
1: All right, John. Everyone's trying to place blame on last week's loss. Oh, it's Russell. Oh, it's Shoddy. It's this, it's that. I think it was a team loss. What are your thoughts?
5: Through the team loss, no doubt about it because I like to comment that Shaquille Griffin made today said that he just they thought they took the Giants for granted and I think that might have been the case. I didn't think the mentality of this team would allow that to happen, but it might have done that. I think that you can see that, you know, they were out of characteristic as far as what they were doing as far as their offensive play calling. You know, they called I thought too many outside runs. You know, certainly on the short yardage situations, they just didn't do the right things. Russell Wilson held on to the ball too much to a point where he had 3.38 seconds as far as his average time as far as releasing the ball. That was the worst in the league last year. I mean, they had a bad game, and so uh, you know, but I think that it was more than anything else. I mean, Russell did have a bad game. Let's not, uh, you know, stay away from that. I mean, you can't have five sacks for 45 yards. That's five killer drives that you're doing, and of course, you only get like 10 to 12 in a game, so that wasn't good, and of course, their third down conversions have got to improve on Offense and defense, because that's something that I think that you can see. They're now thirty-eight point seven percent on third down conversions on offense. But again, you know, Russell Wilson's one of the best in football in fixing things up after something bad, and he'll fix some things up this week.
2: Uh, John's reading some stuff on Daryl Taylor this this week, and you know, just trying to read between the lines. It it, it sounds like the Seahawks maybe think that he's okay. But Daryl, you know, I think went and got checked uh, with some outside um, or third, third, third opinions on that, and he's not feeling right yet. What, what, what's the story going on there that you heard?
5: I think the big story was in the off season, you know, with no. Uh, you know, limited number of visits you can have to the doctor because of the pandemic. And I think he he just kind of fell behind because remember, the surgery was in January. And so he probably didn't get enough doctor treatment to get him through this injury. And so that put him behind. And of course, he hasn't had a setback or anything like that. But I think it's so slow in coming up. So it sounds like he's getting closer. I mean, you know, we saw Rashad Penny now starting to come back and be on the field. And I know that Chris Carson said good things about him. It sounds like they're pretty close to getting Darryl on the field. Now, will that mean he's going to do something in the regular season? Maybe not, because, again, it's like if you bring him on the roster, you have to take somebody off the roster, and who's that going to be? It's like the same thing with Rashad Penny. You figure that he'll be on the roster, but what running back or what other position do you let go? But I think in the end, you know, it shows that as you get closer to the playoffs, that now you have a few more assets that you can have available, and that also includes Josh Gordon.
1: John, every now and then I look like I know what I'm talking about. If you ask my wife, that's never. But when it comes to football, every once in a while, and I said that Jalen Hurts was going to start for the Eagles this year, do you feel like that is the right move?
5: Uh, I think it's probably a week or two too late the way that Carson Wentz was going. And so, yes, I mean, I think that I don't know if he's earned any chance to be able to do it, but I think you can see as bad as Carson Wentz was, and you have to uh, understand that he's probably one of the worst quarterbacks in football this year, which is amazing when you think how talented he is. And, of course, the surrounding talent doesn't help him out. But, uh, no, I think that Jalen can try to see what he can do. Now, the question is, with limited resources at wide receiver, with a bad offensive line line, a limited running game, and banged up tight ends, can he do anything? And probably not. And what I worry about is Ferndale's Doug Peterson could lose his head coaching job. If he does, I think he's going to be one of the most popular guys as far as getting a head coaching job for other teams.
2: John, i got lots of questions for you, but because of time, I've got to oh, flip no. the switch on you. Oh, darn. No, well, I mean, we got time. That's why I want oh, to get okay. to it now. Is What do you want to talk about that... Uh no one's been asking you.
5: Well, because Brandon Bean got a contract extension this year that equals what Sean McDermott was able to get with the uh, Buffalo Bills. I'm sure it's probably in that low $3 million a year range. And so what nobody's asked me about is, okay, where do we stand right now with John Snyder? Because John is not a free agent or anything like that. He's in an option year. But I'd have to think right now that uh, they've got to be working on it to try to match the Pete Carroll contract. Because you know Pete got the five-year extension. And so Mike guess would be that they've got to get something close to getting him a five-year extension he's so important you look at the additions i mean the fact that here's a team that you know everybody was criticizing john snyder for for not getting jadevian Clowney and not getting pass rush and everything else well guess what you know with all the moves that he's made with jamal adams and benson mayoa and certainly getting carlos dunlap they've added 17 sacks And that's as much as any team as far as additions right now. So I think it's time right now for John Snyder to get an extension.
2: Hey, John, you know, pro football focus. The reason I'm bringing that up is do they have something like that for GMs? Because I'm looking at John Schneider. First of all, the amount of Hall of Famers he's going to have under his watch is amazing. What he's done, we just had Ryan Neal on. I mean, what a find. I mean, here's a guy, Southern Illinois, on practice squads, and he's become the new big play Babs of our generation, right? I mean, do they have anything out there that actually there's a way to put
5: some substance to this? yeah I mean not pro football focused but there's some a- other analytical sites that you know start you know uh, the number of pro Bowl players that have been taken and you know the additions and things like that and so I mean he wins in so many of those categories and again you think about the idea that what he's been able to add on the defensive side of the ball as far as numbers i mean the fact that he gets DJ Reed from San Francisco and recognizes how good he was the fact okay it didn't work out for BJ Finney but I mean he recognized that brandon Shell and Finney were the two guys that he wanted, and Shell has done so much better. And then you look at the Jets team right now, that again, this team has added more from the Jets than the Jets have right now. So, no, I think that there's analytical sites that help that out, but they don't seem to go ahead and you know, promote who are the best, and that's a shame because John Snyder, you know, Brandon Bean's probably going to be the uh, GM of the year this year, executive of the year, but I think John Snyder's done such a great job.
1: I'm with you, John. has done a great job. As always, Clayton, you do a great job. We appreciate you taking time tonight. You have a good one, man. Hey, thank you. All right. Did the Giants outscheme the Seahawks? Is there a simple solution to fixing the Seahawks offense? Is the NFC East better than what we thought? Paul Moyer and I turn up the heat as we talk that talk. Coming up next on Hawks Live.
0: Hawks, Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Brought to you by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Now here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Say it with your chest. It's time to talk that talk with Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer on Hawks Live.
1: Ladies and gentlemen boys and girls it's time to talk that talk me michael bombas with paul moyer every thursday right here this is probably our favorite segment other than the interview this is this is our favorite segment because we get to really get some stuff off our chest and my first question i have for you paul moyer is did the giants out scheme the seahawks on sunday out scheme
2: that just that you mean they outcoached us um is that a yes or no question? It's a... I know. I'm sorry. I'm 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 waffling on this. <laughs> I here's what I think they did. I already knew going into the game what they do well. Yeah. And they what they do well is particularly defensively is not giving up big plays. They played probably the best team defense I'd seen all year. On what we had seen and who we had played so far, I'm not saying they had the best players. Uh, you know, their defense line was okay. Uh, their secondary was pretty good. They had a good corner, a good safety, but you know, not across the board, not the best secondary, not the best linebackers, not the best front four. But as 11 guys playing together as a unit, to me, that was the best team defense we were we were about to play all year long. And they proved that. What I think they did, and they, I don't know if they out schemed us. What they did, every coach wants. Do is take away what you do best. And they did that. And they said, You are not beating us deep. You're going to have to beat us, Russell, checking down. And I don't know if that means out schemed. Did Russell not see it? Did we not adjust? There's been a lot of talk. It's a game of adjustment. Sometimes. People play better than you. Some people they have a better scheme. Sometimes you just don't sleep well at night, and you wake up with a kink in your neck, and you don't play the best <laughs> of your ability. Sometimes you get in a fight with your wife, right? <laughs> I mean, you're emotional, and you just don't. I, I tell everybody, you go to work every single day. Are you at your best every single day? No, sir. No. And guess what? Sometimes in the NFL, that's the case too. And that to me is what happened more than anything. Yeah. What's your just your thoughts on that?
1: Out scheme? I wouldn't say out scheme because I'm looking. I'm thinking. I'm talking from the offensive side, right? I'm looking at this Giants defense, and pre-snap, I pretty much know what they're in. Mm-hmm. Besides the stunts on that defensive line, you pretty much know what is going to happen and what should be there before the ball is snapped. I wouldn't say out scheme. That defense reminded me of a... A defense like a basketball defense when they play zone granted they're playing two man, but you play zone and you're passing things off and everything's it's cohesive it, it feels right I mean the way these guys played it it seemed like they were prepared for everything that the Hawks threw at them now when you play two high man it's not like you're you're throwing pre-snap you're moving guys around you're doing, no you're just saying look look we've studied you we know what you like to do so we're gonna sag off We're going to make sure after DK runs 10 yards, he's running a post, he's running a comeback. There's only a couple things he can do after that. I just felt like they were prepared. Our scheme just means like, oh, my God, they're so witty. They're so smart. They weren't prepared for this. I don't think that. I think those defensive players just played really good.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. So I'm going to bring up a topic that I thought would have been crazy, or I don't know if I would have or you would have, but certainly a lot of people would have thought crazy five or six weeks ago. Yeah. But we're in the final quarter of the season. And we've talked about this. The first quarter was not good defensively. I mean, we were on historic pace for the worst defense in NFL history. We're no longer even close to that. Maverick, we're not even dead last in defense anymore. In the last three games, I just looked up got the final stats. I think we're number five uh, over the last three games. And if you go back four and a half games, we're, I think we were number two. Over the next four games, will the defense be the strength of this team? Will they outplay the offense? That
1: is a good question, Paul Moyer. So you're right. In the beginning of the season, you asked this question. I'm like, Paul, man, uh, Uh did you play the game? Uh Did you coach the game? But now it's a different question. You really have to ask this question. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that because you have Russell Wilson and DK, who right now is playing like the best receiver in the NFL, and you have Chris Carson in the backfield, who is, I feel this week is going to get his 20 touches, 20 to 25. NASA has been saying that all week. I'm bought in. I believe in that. I think they are going to turn this thing around and get it going. Now, who who, who are the guys playing? They're playing the, the Jets coming up next, right? We got the Jets. The,
2: the, we got the dreaded Washington, the Washington football, football, team, football which team. They make me nervous.
1: They make you nervous. And then we have
2: the Rams here. That's gonna be a big Rams. one. And then we finish the season at the hated San Francisco 49.
1: Okay, so against the Jets, I think both sides of the ball should do their thing. Okay, when it comes to the Washington football team, if the offense does not perform they may not win that football game. So it has to be the offense. And because I feel like it has to be the offense against the Washington football team, I think the offense will carry these Hawks into the playoffs. What are your thoughts? Ah
2: uh, I think our defense has hit its stride. I mean, we're we're giving up under 300 yards a game the last three, certainly the last four and a half, um, the last four. I mean, that, that ranks in the top five defenses in the league. It's not how you start; it's how you finish. Yep. Been you know, been saying that um, to me. It's all about matchups, right? Our players haven't changed. You know, we just gotten healthy offensively. We're going to have the same offensive line, same running back, same wide receiver, same quarterback, same coach. If you had said, uh, we got three guys on offense that uh, got hurt, uh, we lost DK Metcalf, Carson's out for the year. We, oh, by the way, we're down to our fourth running back. I'm like, okay, I got an, a built in excuse here. Yep. There's no excuse. Our talent is there. I don't see us, I, I see us maybe not getting that 400 yard number every week and over 30 points. But yes, I think the defense is going to carry this team. Okay. And here's why. One is, we knew going into the season we were loaded across the board. In the secondary, our linebackers, I didn't think we were going to be as good as we were. Because, you know, I'm like, Bobby's getting older, Cage is getting older. We got this young kid, Jordan Brooks, who's a rookie who didn't even really play a linebacker last year. Yep. He was a spy quarterback, and he's going to be another Bobby Wagner. He yep. is gonna be a phenomenal player. But all three of them are playing the lights out. We've got this rotation out with the defensive line. I think we're what number two or three in most sacks over the last four games since Dunlap's come in. We're playing Washington, who we better shut down. We got the Jets who's the worst offense in the NFL. And then we finish against the 49ers. I don't even care. We're 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 gonna take care of business. The Rams, not as good as we think the defense is going to carry this team the next four games into the playoffs.
1: You know what? I I can I can feel your angle. I see where you're coming from, but I feel like because the offense plays so poorly against the New York Giants that they're going to come out and correct some things against against the Jets. And it's going to be a snow they better. It's gonna, it ain't better. I'm with you. Then it's going to be a snowball effect. Then they're going to go out against the Washington football team and exploit their weakness on What's the outside. What's their weakness? The is secondary secondary is a weakness okay. their, their strength is inside oh, I- inside man. the box what what is the strength of this Seahawks football team right now it's not the run game no it's the pass game no the chance. so, so yeah, you the you champion. talk about matchup yeah. so i like that matchup i think because of what they present on the, on that defensive rams, line 49ers. Get it out.
2: rams 49 rams
1: 49 ers hey first off, rams we don't know what the heck's going to happen with the rams the rams always play the Seahawks tough so that's a toss up when it comes to the 49ers i think that The offense is going to get it done as well there.
2: Okay, so let me help you out with your –
1: No, I don't don't need your help. Don't help me out. No, you are. What you got to say? Uh, I don't need your help.
2: uh, Okay, Washington, defense, fourth in the NFL. Rams, defense, second in the NFL. San Francisco 49ers, sixth in the NFL. So guess what? What? You better talk that talk, <laughs> and you better walk the walk even more because the offense is going to have to bow up. They're going to have to play the best Paul, football they played we're all to
1: We're going to see the offense that we saw week one through five. All right. I, uh, that's what I think. What you got, Paul? Oh, It's on me. It's on me. I'm sorry. Look, you're I'm so flustered. You don't even me. know
2: who's up. Fluster. I don't
1: know what flustered is. What's the definition of fluster, Paul? I don't know what the heck that means. All right. <laughs> the Seahawks will make a deep run into the playoffs.
2: Absolutely.
1: I don't believe you. Absolutely. I don't I don't believe that. You said absolutely.
2: Give me something. No, I I I I do. I do believe that. Okay. Now, that's I'm going to preface that by saying that means we're going to run the table the next 4 games. Mm-hmm. Where the offense is back. I think the defense the next four games is going to keep getting healthy and uh, when I say healthy, healthy statistically and feeling good about themselves. We get we get Dunbar back as well, healthy. Even though I think Reed has played really well, he's given us a toughness um, or added to the toughness. I think Ryan Neal's tough. I think he uh, Reed's tough. I think Amadi's tough. We know Jamal Adams and Diggs are. Stupid tough, right? Yeah. So you just got a secondary now that's got a little bit of a nastiness to him, and I think Reed has is, is brought that. So whoever, if Dunbar comes back, he's going to have to play that way too because that's now our identity. So defense, I'm I'm excited about the next four games and into the playoffs. I just need the offense. It's not talent. It's not scheme. I just need to get their their – Their mojo, their groove back, their confidence, what they had before. And sometimes that's all it is. You know, I go back to 2012, the last five games of the year. We had two games back-to-back over 50 points. That wasn't anything different. They just got confident and confident in the deep ball at the time. Russ has got to get back to confident and ball comes out. I'm okay with the check down. Comes out, comes out, because guess what? That eventually opens up. For the big play, so yeah, I do think we'll get a deep run, but if we go two and two, then I'm going to say no. Yeah. So it really, it really indicative over the last four games.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. If the Hawks were to start the playoffs right now, they will play the New York Giants, and I feel like they will bounce back against the Giants. Yes, they will. I feel like they would. You got film. Um, If something were to happen, they could play the Cardinals. They could play the Bears. That there's so many things that could still play out. We shall see. I think that they will win at least one playoff game and that's what they've done over the past few years. All right, well, that was talk that talk, Paul, man. All right, well, coming up next, we'll go inside the film room and revisit the biggest plays from the Seahawks' loss to the Giants. That's around the corner on Hawks Live.
0: Hawks Live, brought to you by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Hawks
1: Live every Thursday on 710 ESPN from Lumen I'm Michael Bumpus. He is Paul Moyer. Now, right now, we're jumping into the film room. All right. And the first play we are going to look at is Quandre Diggs intercepts Colt McCoy after a Ryan Neal pass breakup.
6: Seahawks need a stop here on third down. Here comes the blitz. Quick throw inside. Ball's tipped up. It's going the other way is Diggs. far sideline breaks one tackle jumps over a man still on the move finally tracked down in Giants territory at the 45 yard line it looks like he may have stepped out of bounds back in Seahawks territory but the ball was tipped away and picked by Diggs well
2: we had Ryan Neal on earlier today well what a great interview what a great a pickup for the Seahawks, you know, undrafted free agents, hopped around a couple of teams. The the beauty about this is, look, they isolate him. You know, they, he's he's all alone uh, on the right side of our defense. Uh, you know, they, they try to work him one on one with just a stick route. He can play corner, he can play nickel, yeah. he can play safety, he can come off the edge. We got to come up with a net. We had big play babs. We got to find something for Neal. Uh, <laughs> all he has so far is he's had two interceptions, he's had a block punt. Uh, he had this play right here that caused the interception for Diggs. Uh, t- talk about a game of inches, right? I mean, Diggs steps out of bounds on-, on this play. He brings it all the way down to about the 30-yard line before they they brought it back about 20 yards on that. This game was a game of inches. We had the block punt that we didn't secure uh, and you know, that costs us a touchdown instead of a, a safety and that's five points. We yeah. lose by five. This one, we probably getting better range to score. I don't think we scored on this one uh, game of inches, but you know, Ryan Neal, what, what a playmaker. I think he, he, he's a guy that when Jamal Adams came back, they said, we got to keep him in the dime package, yep. right? Yep. We got to keep him as a safety and let us start to do some different packages. Uh, love the guy. He's a great player.
1: Yeah. Paul, I- all he does is make plays. He can't be big play because he's already got Babs yep, there. So we got to yep. figure something out for this guy. I'm with you. But what I see is a guy who believes in what he sees. He breaks on the football, and I see two fundamentals of football that you hear when you're little growing up on defense. One, you play through the man, right? You don't play the ball. You play through the man. You get a collision. And then as you're a safety, you always rally to the football. Wherever the football is thrown, you rally to the football, and that's why Diggs is in such great position. This is the second time. Neil has caused an interception off of him playing through the band. He has great instincts. I love his personality. Man, I think he's going to squeak out some years in this league, Paul.
2: You know what was great about him, too, on this one? Uh, again, we, we're sending five – I think we sent five guys on this, maybe six. Yeah, sent five guys, dropped uh, Maoa, uh, uh, who picked up the running back, which, by the way, he did a really nice job there. Yeah. So he's isolated all by himself to the right. There's no one there. He's playing inside technique, and he, rem- he, he maintains his inside technique. This ball is thrown inside. And he he knocks the ball with his left hand and and drives through it. This is this is textbook uh, technique here.
1: Textbook technique. All right, the next play is Jamal Adams sacks Colt McCoy on third down.
6: Tate is standing in the slot here, kind of by himself, but Amadi comes back and plays him hard. McCoy is hit in the backfield and goes down at the twenty yard line. Jaron Reed was there, but Jamal Adams also there.
2: Well, you know what's crazy about this play is we we try to scheme them, and you know scheme just means that we're we're going to try and get a guy free. And so we we kind of overload the side uh yeah. our, our left side to get Jamal Adams free, but he's not free. They they actually picked this up pretty well. But Jamal had—I mean—the running back tries to cut him. i, I don't think it—it it slowed him down one fraction of a second. No. Not a fra- man, It actually might have speeded him up. He's <laughs> one of the few guys you try to block him. He actually gets faster. He—he's got a speed rush. He's got an inside move. He's got a swim move. He's got a bull rush. It, it's remarkable the athleticism. I have no idea what I would teach here because. It happened so late the running back tries to cut him at the last second and Jamal Adams' athletic ability has a way of getting his hands on the guy's head and back, pushing him all the way to the ground, stays up. Huge sack. I mean he's seven and a half sacks. The man's a safety smith four games. Crazy. Crazy. Seven and a half. That that's uh that was a good that was a good trade. Yeah,
1: what what I see here, he has a little bit of everything. You see him look like a linebacker. You see him look like a defensive lineman with his hands. You see him look like a DB. I'm telling you, he's just a hybrid right here. You mentioned this running back trying to cut him. What do you do when guys try to cut you, Paul Moore? You get your hands on him, you push him down, then you get over This is just textbook. And like you mentioned, he's doing it at 100 miles an hour. He is getting after the quarterback. I haven't seen – have you seen a safety like him? Does he resemble anybody to
2: you? I Different because of his strength. I mean, I can go with, you know, Troy Palomaro, who had that kind of ability that 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 sense of pass rushing but he didn't have that strength i mean jamal adams will actually bull rush yeah. an offensive tackle and win
1: we saw that last week right we've we,
2: we seen it probably a few times and i remember when he was with the jets against the the redskins i mean he beat you know he did a speed rush dipped his shoulder and, and beat the tackle i mean just it's it's unheard of i'm watching this play and Do you know how many times I have done this or either was rushing on a pass or a run and got cut at the last second? Lots of times. Let me tell you where I was, though. (laughs) I was on the ground. Okay, <laughs> there's no way I'm getting this sack unless a guy holds the ball and runs back towards me and didn't see me and I tripped him. There's no, it just there's almost no way that you cannot be cut on this play because it happens so late. And so I'm watching this over and over. I go, what did he see? You know, why did his hands go down there so quick? And he's like, I mean, Floyd Mayweather. I don't know how to describe it. His, his hands are so quick and his reaction. is... So quick, uh, 99.99% of safeties or anybody coming off the corner, they're on the ground. They're cut.
1: So, what are you telling me is that he's special, Paul? He's,
2: there's stuff you can't teach, that, right. and that was one of them.
1: And we'll take that. All right, the next player, Russell Wilson, finds Chris Carson for a 28
6: yard touchdown. From their own 28, Russ is going to scramble left side. Now he's going to throw to the end zone, reaching up, making the catch. Chris Carson, does he get in? He does. Touchdown Seahawks. Chris Carson releases down the far sidelines. Russ rolls left, throws across his body. A beautiful pass. Carson hangs on, steps over the pylon, and the Seahawks draw to within 6 points, 17-11. The Hawks looking for the extra point here.
1: All right, so the Hawks come out in an empty formation. We talked about the
6: Giants being a
1: too high team. You you staying too high versus empty, good luck to you. They're going to pick you apart. So what happens here is um, Chris Carson runs a slant go. We call that a slow go in this business here. He has DK in the slot. What DK does a great job of. Man, this is People don't take this for granted. DK threatens that outside linebacker, and now he's the bender. He realizes as soon as he gets behind that linebacker, I got to bend towards the middle of the field to put some type of pressure on the safety. But what that bend does, it brings the corner who's lined up over Chris Carson along with him because he's number 14, 1,039 yards and, what, nine touchdowns. He (laughs) needs that attention. So because he gains that attention, Chris Carson throws his hand up. The corner has... Misses leverage. Russell gets outside the pocket. This is one of the best throws of the year, yeah. in my opinion. Throws a dime to Chris Carson. And Chris Carson looks so just relaxed when he catches the football. Turns around. Spins around. sticks the ball over the pylon. I mean, this was what we thought we were going to see throughout the game. But DK effect in full effect right here, Morris.
2: Yeah, it's big. I'm really curious what this play was designed to do. And what I would love to tell Russell is and, and even Shoddy to an extent, when you have that kind of delay in a route, right? So he runs what you call it a slant and go. I don't care if he ran a he he jogged for a few minutes and just let DK clear and then you're kind of the trailer receiver in this route, right? So it just it's it's hard to cover. It's, it's kind of like a, a second a, a guy running a flat and go. You're taught if you have a flat, you've got to run with that because the deep third guy or any of the deep half is so far down the field, he can't help you yeah. in that. So you've got to carry that. So this is another way of getting that. Um, you're right. I, the only thing I really will will share on this is they they they. Well, it's a four man rush. They, it's really a three man rush with a spy on Russell Wilson here. Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the NFL, running to his left and throwing on the run to his left. This yeah. is so hard to do when you're right-handed. And there's very few quarterbacks. who Aaron Rodgers can do it. Certainly, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. They're, they're not a lot after that. I mean, it's it's sort of, and it's And just the accuracy of it. I mean, this is ball is thrown where it has to be. The the corner kind of reacts. So if Russell doesn't throw it back towards the sideline, maybe the corner at the last second makes a yeah. play. And you made a good comment on Chris Carson. He, he does this so nonchalant. I would have had both hands on the ball you know man don't fumble you know and he just he's so strong and he just kind of reaches his arm over the the pile on there and um, more routes like that I know that's not that much it's hard to sometimes to describe but it's just that separation of a a go with with a trailing um, wide receiver really hard in zone defenses to to stop that
1: hard to do we need more that this week against the Jets Paul Moyer all right Jalen Hurts finally gets his opportunity. The Steelers finally take an L, and Taysom Hill actually look good throwing the football. So much to unpack from Week 13. Paul Moore and I take you around the NFL. Coming up next on Hawks Live.
0: Hawks Live, brought to you by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Hawks Live every Thursday at 7 o'clock. Paul Moore, man, this music gets me going. We're going around the NFL right
1: now. Yeah. All right, we're going around. And the first thing we got to talk about, which is good. Rams versus New England. The Rams beat the Patriots 24-3. Jared Goff, 16-25, 137 yards, one touchdown, one interception. The stat that sticks out to me, they might have found their running back. Cam Akers, 29 carries, 171 yards. I believe the kid out of Florida State, and I believe that's where he's from. He's looking good. Does that make you nervous about the Rams when they play the Hawks?
2: I'm not worried about the Rams offense. You know, we, we play good run defense. You know, we found last week sometimes you can play great run defense. And, and two plays, you, you you mess up, and we had two plays. We gave up 83 yards and two running plays, and that was you know almost all of their yards, unfortunately. So you got to play really sound. I think we know the Rams so well. I'm not worried about their offense. I think yeah. we match up well now with their offense. I don't think we're afraid now of the deep cross. From I think we're willing to match up and turn that. It, it, to me, Jordan Brooks has really flipped it for the linebackers. Yeah. The guy turns, runs, gets depth. He knows how to play man man to man. And on play action and bootlegs. Um, so I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about their defense, though. Um, <laughs> their defense get out. they number two coming in tonight. They held, I don't know what the, the stats were for New England, but they held them to three points. I guess the question I'm going to ask you, he can did not look good. I think oh, he got man. benched. I mean, this has been really since our game. He's had a couple of decent ones, but to get over 200 yards, I mean, is this it? Does he get another starting job? I, I think
1: this is... This end of the road. It's so hard. This, this, this is it. <laughs> to say goodbye? To say goodbye. I think I this know. is it. I've wanted to support this man his whole career. I have. He's done it his own way. He's a trendsetter. Doesn't look like a traditional quarterback, but at some point you have to be a traditional quarterback. When you get old and he's getting up there, if you can't throw from the pocket, accurate football from the pocket, then you shorten your life as a quarterback. So I think this is the end for Cam. Do you agree?
2: Yeah, I, I do. I think he can still play. Yes, I mean it's. It, sometimes it's not. Are you one of the best thirty-two quarterbacks? That's yeah. not what it is. It's. Are you the right fit for the right money? Are you willing to play for less dollars? Are you willing to be a backup? Um, I, I think he's still got something structurally wrong with his shoulder. He's never been the same, particularly the last three years. He really labors to throw the ball over twenty yards. So there's something not right there. He probably gets another chance, but I, th- I think the mystique of his athletic ability and and all that is it's they're it's not it's, you're not as worried about him it's right. Gone. You're in the thirties, you, you just you're not worried about a guy running over you that much anymore.
1: I don't know his stats, but I'm going to say he doesn't have a run over 15 yards this year. I, really? Yeah, I'm going to say not over 15 yards. I'm just going to throw that out there. We'll check during the break. I bet but,
2: I got a producer to find that. I'm going to say he's had a run over 15 Over 15, all right. We shall I'm going to say he's had a run over 20.
1: Over 20? Yeah. All right, we'll see. All right, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they, going into this week, previous week, I thought they were the most fraudulent, undefeated team known to man. Yeah. Who who they beat? I guess they beat the Ravens. They beat the Titans. Yeah. They beat, well, they
2: had beaten 11 teams, whoever the they were.
1: Grounds? I mean, I'm, I'm just looking for notable wins. I just did not believe in them. And then when they lose to the Washington football team, that just just reassures me that I, I was I was going down the right path.
2: Yeah, their offense is a, is a problem. Uh, you know, Big Ben, sometimes, again, perception, reality, right? You hear me say it a lot. Sometimes you go, oh, it's Big Ben. I go, well, yeah, I mean, if Joe Montana... Joe, Trotted on the field, you go. Oh, it's Joe Montana. <laughs> then you look at him, you say, "Oh, he's he looks like a grandfather. He is a grandfather." This ain't twenty ten, Big Ben. No, percent. it's no, it's it's not. And he's he's lost a little bit. They don't have the weapons they used to have. I mean, you lose you know Bell and Brown. I mean, out from your offense, that's that's a lot. Still got a pretty good offensive line. Defensively, they're awesome. Yeah, I mean, they got some players. I love the, what they do, Keith Butler, the defense coordinator, scheme wise. But the the eye test is the one where we were always looking. you go they're not dominant you watch Kansas City you go man, that's a problem that's a problem you know um, I'm glad they lost because maybe they turn it around a little bit I don't see this team making a lot of noise in the playoffs so
1: no I I don't see them making a lot of noise I think Ben is getting older Claypool is their best receiver nice rookie okay but you get your rookie slumps and you got to fight through some things you got Connor in the backfield Uh, but there's I I just don't believe them. I just I haven't believed in them. Usually I do believe in the Steelers team, but this is probably the one team I've believed in the least since Tomlin has
4: taken over.
2: Yeah, they were. Uh for 11 and 0, they, they just didn't look the part. All right, so we've got a lot going on with COVID. A lot, you know, just, you know, states, all that stuff. We won't get into all that. But just found out Oregon, Washington canceled this Saturday. You, you see it all over the board throughout college. A lot of positive tests. NFL, a bunch of them. You know, we've seen it certainly with the Ravens, Tennessee. Just about every team has had an issue where they've had to shut down their, their uh, facilities. There's one has not had a positive test yet. who that? The Seattle Seahawks. And so what I want to ask you, maybe we bring NASA in on this too. You know every team saying the same thing. Yeah. Right. Hey, look, you know, we got to mask up. We got social distancing. You can't go anywhere. There's one thing to say. It's another one to get the whole team to buy in on it. And we had Ryan Neal in earlier and we asked him, what do you get to do? And he goes, nothing. Because guess what? It's not just the team we're playing. We're playing two teams. We're playing covid and you could hear the conviction in him on that, that they meant it. They're not going out and, and doing that. So, ask you, Nas, why is the Seahawks the only team? And we, look, per, 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 we just shut the state down because we've had more positive tests since if things all started. Toby. Toby.
7: Well, it's it's everything that we do. It's Pete Carroll. It starts with him. They have competitions between position groups on contact tracing. Everyone wears the contact That's chip, crazy. and it's how close you are to people when you're within six feet. So there's position groups competing each against each other to so see who has the least amount of contact. It's everyone. There's contact tracers in the building. I'm one of them. Shout out to Aaron Mooney and Katie McLean here with me, making sure all the players have chips on them. It's little things every single day. Make sure the coaches are wearing the chips, the medical staff, the equipment staff, the. Food. It's everyone. Everyone that walks into that building knows that they have a role to play because when they go home, you could bring COVID into the building. So when you have contact with all these players, it takes every single person in the organization bought in, and that starts with Pete Carroll and John Snyder, and it goes down. It's a trickle-down effect.
1: What about – right, Hold on, hold on, yeah, I believe, hold on. I believe in what Nats is saying because he's no, he's I, ground I'm zero. He's in there. Yeah. But I'm also going to go outside. Ain't none of doing Seattle right now, man. It's Seattle. It's like five clubs you can go to. If you're not going to a <laughs> club, there's dive bars. No one goes – There's the there's underground, man. And you in, want to find in trouble? Seattle, you can. You can, but it's harder to find trouble out here, man. These oh, guys, look, we could find trouble. We could find. We've got to look really hard, really hard. But there's leadership there, and all the things that Nass is talking about is real. But I've been in a lot. I've been in almost every major city this country has to offer, and Seattle is low key.
2: Okay, Nass, I'm going to ask you again, though. <laughs> I get it when you guys are in the facility. But, man, you can't monitor these guys when they're away from the facility. So how do they do that?
7: Well, the things that get done, I think guys just trust in one another and they know what they have to get done because it's about their livelihood, too. If they can't play, it affects everybody. And also the Seahawks do a great job of letting family members get tested. If guys are going to come in and be around, they do everything they can to make sure the players are safe and everyone around them has opportunities to get tested to make sure things don't spread. So it's everybody, and honestly, it's our guys. We have a great locker room, it's accountability. They understand if I, if I test positive, I'm out for 10 days, 14 days, no matter what. And so you don't
2: get paid either. Right? You
7: don't get put on. So there's a lot of factors. So I think it's accountability. It's a little bit of luck because I'll just call it out. I mean, yeah. everything needs to go your way, but it's things that they're doing. It starts with the leadership from Pete to Russ to Dwayne Brown to Bobby Wagner, and it just spreads like wildfire. So shout out to the Seahawks organization. It's, you
2: know what? It's like business. You read a business book. You and I, we could 10 of us can read a business book. Same one but the results aren't the same, right? Everybody's saying <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. It's just a, there's a leadership top down, how they bought into it. I, I am so shocked that the Seahawks haven't had it, but I'm, I guess I'm not either because it's right. just process.
1: One I really want to get to, Paul Moyer, before we get out of here, why have the defenses caught up? Before, what, early in the season, offenses everywhere, all right, 50 points every game, what's going on? Oh, my God, this is a new NFL. Now defense says, it down now. We've caught up. What do you see?
2: Well I think the whole O T A no no hitting anything, certainly an advantage to the offenses, you know, just tackling, covering, all that stuff. I mean there's uh, it's like basketball, you know, if you it's that's a repetitive deal, right? Golf. I gotta go hit a bunch of shots. Yeah. And we you didn't get that defensively. And so the X and O's won early on. Now it's been to me. It's caught up. You know the defense said, "Okay, we get it. Our our, our techniques are where they are." I think the other one is, I, I think they're finally calling penalties again, and mm. I don't like it. I actually a defensive you don't guy. Like I, it? I know. I, well, I hate I hate ticky tack uh, flags. that really would not have influenced the play. Yeah, it didn't affect the play. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, why why are we calling that? We a couple of them happened with the Seahawks. I'm probably more biased there, but I'm starting to see more you know, holding penalties. And so, you know, the Seahawks, all of a sudden they come up first and 20 and that affects you. But I will say this early on the year, first and 20 might've been first and one for the Seahawks. (laughs) Now, first and 20 feels like first and 20.
1: I'm going to tell you what happened. The Zebras got in the room and they said, look guys, we're not getting our love. I want to talk. I want to take my face mask down and tell everybody the penalty that happened and point out the guy who did it. So they needed some love real quick. What do you
2: think? Could it be weather?
1: I think weather plays a part for sure. And I also think that defenses have a lot of film. They're honing in on guys, i.e., New York Giants versus Seahawks. They locked them down. All right. Well, coming up next, it's the end, Paul. Show recap. We'll give you our final
0: thoughts right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, brought to you by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle.
1: Hawks Live, every Thursday, 7 to 9. I'm Michael Bumpus. He's Paul Moore. It's Lumen Field. What, Paul? What, Paul? Say it. I, you know what?
2: I like the song, though.
1: Quickly. <laughs> All right, hey, so first off, I want I want to tell the people listening that I was wrong. Newton has rushes of 21, 38, and 19 out of 1,000 rushes this year. So I was wrong three times out of 1,000.
2: Okay, so here's here's what I want you to do tonight. Because this Hawks Live will be on a podcast, right? So they can go get it on 710 ESPN and on the Seahawks. Uh, website, and also on the Seahawks app. So you can go listen to Locks or Hawks Live. I want you to go play that for your wife so she can hear you say, <laughs> I was wrong. Oh, I say that more than I should, Paul. Yeah, but that <laughs> one, you actually meant it. <laughs> All right, we don't have much time here.
1: Final thoughts about yeah. the Jets. Look, Paul, I look at the Jets. Nervous. I look at their defense, Yeah, and I don't see anybody who pops out. No, the Hewitt has 103 tackles. He's top 10, but when you're getting ran through like that, you're going to have a bunch of tackles. I see Sam Darnold. He has arm talent. Crowder's their number one receiver. To us, he's he's Demo. He's the number three receiver. I don't see him doing anything against us. Frank Gore is out with a concussion. Got Ty mm-hmm. Lawson. Went for 104 and a touchdown against the Raiders. It still makes me nervous because they're hungry. They fired Greg Williams. They got a new guy, Frank Bush, out there running it. It just makes me nervous. I think they're going to win the game, but I am a bit nervous.
2: Yeah, winless team is just there's some pressure to it. Here's here's why there's no way we're going to lose. Um, they're look, they're down to their third free safety. McDougal is out. Their backups is doubtful for this week. So they've got no corners. Uh, they've, uh, they're tw- they have 20 sacks this year, which uh, it probably ranks 31st. Almost every one of their statistics defensively in the passing game are 30th, are 31st. The d- offensively, they're 32nd yards a game, 32nd 30 yard- 30 yards per play, 32nd passing yards a game, 32nd... They're just not good. Um, but <laughs> here's where it, it gets dangerous is, one, there's some pressure for us to win, certainly. Uh, the second is, they do run the ball pretty well, and they play really good run defense. If... The they run it well and it's just all of a sudden the clock. They they limit possessions. If we don't score, things get tight. And so we're gonna so win this. You're
1: reaffirming game. We gotta why, play well. Why I'm just a bit nervous. We I gotta just, play well. Don't let them hang we around. gotta play
2: well every game. Let me ask you this real quick. If we lose this game, can we still make the playoffs?
1: I don't know what the numbers look like. I'm gonna say no though. I'm going to say no because I, I, I don't know the numbers. We're My, not going to lose. Hey, well, our, our producers, Hop Nas. We're 8 and 5. Learn us, learn us, Nas, learn us. Well,
7: here's the thing. I mean, yes, it would be a horrible loss, but yes, they can still make the playoffs. They would fall to 8 and 5. They can still get There's seven teams that go to the playoffs now, so they could still do it, but it would be really tough. You got the Washington football team, you got the Rams, you got the 49ers to so get some guys coming back. It's possible. But it looks really can't, great. not I
1: don't like depending on other people. No, I, I like no, to depend, I'm just, depend on myself. That would have
2: been a that would have been a talk to talk one for sure. I've not opened up too many cans, but we're not losing this game. I, I mean, I watch the film, and there's no question that look, they're professionals. They're capable of winning. Their last four games, they've played well. They should have won two of their last four. They yeah. gave away last week. They had the win. Uh, we have to go play well every week. Um, but if we play well, you know, we're going to double digit. You know, win this game.
1: Get her done, son, is what I'm hearing from you, yep. Paul Meyer. Yep, All sure. right. Well, special thanks to Dan Leberfield, Ryan Neal, and John Clayton for joining the show. Tariq, our guy in behind the scenes, the Seahawk pregame show was live this Sunday from starting at 10 o'clock. Until next time, I'm your guy. Big ups to Nash and Chobe. This is Hawks Live. We'll see you next week.